Brands and Brews. Okay. This is the Brands and Brews Marketing Podcast, where we talk about marketing all while drinking beer. My name yes. is Jesse McFarland, and we're going to talk about the beer industry today. Uh, we have a guest from West Six Brewing Company. Uh, her name is Kelly. Kelly, her, ah, uh, her, 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 oh, her no, 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 no. Oh, I, I, we practiced this. <laughs> you hesitated. You just yes. Gotta, you just gotta go right up. You gotta go right for it. It's, it's, it's scary when you look at it on paper, you know, it's Hieronymus. Hieronymus, dang it. Yeah. I knew it. Uh, had it and then I lost it. Uh, no. Kelly's the, uh, her, uh, Hieronymus. Yes, yep. uh, is the marketing and creative director at again at West Six Brewing Company. Bef mm -hmm. uh, before we start, yes. First question: What is it like to be a marketer at a brewing company? It sounds awesome. Um, it is awesome. Um, I know a lot of my friends are always like, "You have a dream job," and you know, I do. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I always uh, tell people my philosophy is very much a work hard, play hard situation. So. I work really hard, um, and I have a lot of really great ways and reasons to enjoy it. So, yeah, perfect, perfect. Yeah. Well, what we do on every show is we pop open a beer, we taste the beer, and we talk about the beer. So, yep. um, I have mine right here. It's in my little cooler here. Um, I have an uh, the the hop static. What do you have? Do you have the same one? I have one? the same thing. Yes. Actually, uh, I'll switch it up then. I have um. Cocoa Porter. Cocoa Porter, dark beer. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's pop it. Yay! And I got beer all over my, one of my screens. No biggie. All right. Um, I'm gonna try it. Go for it. That is really good. That's a dang good porter. Um, can you tell us? It is uh, wonderful. I actually wish I was drinking a porter now that you you showed that to me. I didn't know my yeah, shipping I, manager sent you that one. So that's awesome. This is, um, yeah, I never drink porters unless it's like wintertime, but this is pretty dang tasty. I could actually we, drink this right now. A funny, a funny thing too, we have a big art festival, like one of the biggest art festivals in the South is happening in Lexington this weekend. And we have to take this beer because we have so many people that drink our cocoa porter in the summertime. Really? It's crazy. Um, so we usually just put a tap on the back of the draft trailer um, uh -huh. for the, you know, handful of folks that asked for a cocoa porter um we talked and joked that we should get a porter bell for the summertime so every time someone orders a porter in the middle of the summer when it's 100 degrees in kentucky we ring the bell wow so. well that's very cool um i uh i've already had uh the only beer i've had from you guys is the uh the hop static ipa which is excellent by the way so that's what you're drinking mm -hmm. um so that's really good too uh what's your what's the most popular beer at west six brewing I mean, by and large, our flagship IPA. Um, okay. It's a 10-year-old brand. It was the first canned beer in the state of Kentucky. First packaged IPA, really, in the state of Kentucky. Um, oh, wow. You know, and to see growth uh, year over year for a 10-year-old brand, uh, for a brewery of our size, which is mid-size, uh, that doesn't distribute outside of state, so we're not getting, like, actual geographical growth every year, it's pretty cool. Um, it's a loyal, it's got a loyal following um, here in the state of Kentucky, so... Uh, if that's by and far our most popular beer and IPAs candidly are kind of our bread and butter here at West six. So, okay. Are you, you guys are based in Lexington, Kentucky? Yes. Is that it? Yeah. Um, the, the original breweries in Lexington. Yes. 
Okay. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the history of the brewing company. Um, so you said it's been around for 10 years or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We just turned 10 in March. Um, our home brewery is a 90,000 square foot former rainbow bread factory. Um, it's a huge, beautiful mixed use building. Uh, you know, we take up probably about like 75 to 80 ish percent of the building, uh, but the rest of the building is made up of lots of different tenants um, doing different things. There's an indoor aquaponic fish farm. There's a restaurant. Um, there's a teaching kitchen, there's a bike shop, there's a coffee roaster, there's a micro distillery, there's artist studios, uh, Kentucky Refugee Ministries is here in the building. Um, so we have a really diverse community of folks surrounding the brewery and the brew house. We have two breweries. Um, we have our 15 barrel system, which is behind me. We have a 40 barrel system with 80 barrel fermentation vessels um, in our main production brewery. Um, but yeah, we've been around for 10 years. Uh, we have multiple locations uh, throughout the state. Uh, we have 120 five acre farm in Frankfurt uh, with a tap room, mountain biking trails, disc golf. Um, we have a tap room in Louisville, Kentucky as well, um, which is like a pretty large uh, tap room um, kind of in the major metropolitan area of Louisville. And then we have a small tap room in Northern Kentucky. Very so, yeah, cool. That's the spiel. Very cool. Um, uh, where do you guys serve? I mean, what's the radius of, of where do you serve? Where can you buy uh, a beer from West six brewing company? Yeah. I mean, we're a Kentucky brewery. I mean, our ultimate goal is our actualization is, you know, we are the craft beer of Kentucky and we want to continue to be that. Um, we want people to cross into state lines. And the first thing they do is head to the gas station and grab a six pack of West six IPA. Um, it should be essential to the Kentucky experience. Um, you know, we, I think we, I would call that the new Glarus model for folks okay. who are listening to the podcast. You know, they are Wisconsin only Wisconsin born, bred, brewed, um, and it's, it's, it becomes like a Mecca, right? You go there and you want to get that beer. Um, and I think that's a huge part of like the underbelly of all of our marketing strategy and goals and um, kind of motivations. Uh, we are the craft beer of Kentucky. Um, so you can get it pretty much anywhere. If you can't find West 6th IPA, at least our flagship beer, in any place that sells beer in the state of Kentucky, then we're doing something wrong. So Very cool. I love I love that specific uh, target there. So you're targeting within Absolutely. the state. No, we're not going out of the state. You got to come here in good old Kentucky to get get one of our beers. I love mm -hmm. it. Um, um, that's a great philosophy, and and seems a lot more reasonable as far as trying to you know, hey, what if uh, you know, try to sell your beer in like California or outside you know, other places in the country? Right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a different model, but for I think it's really unsustainable for breweries of a certain size. There's really a break even point with this kind of thing. Yeah. Because if you're gonna put your product in a market that's already gonna be surrounded with because craft beer's just everywhere. Right. Why would someone who's local to a certain area buy something outside of a great local brewery that's right down the street? Um, I always tell people when they visit, they're like, Man, I really wish I could get your beer in Indianapolis. I'm like, but you guys have Sun King. Like, mm -hmm. there's so many breweries, microbreweries, mid-sized breweries all across the state, all across the U.S. Um, support your local brewery. I don't know. Uh, for us, it's it's that's part of our philosophy, and then we want that to be reciprocated. And you can't put your brand in a market that doesn't have, you know, if you're not going to invest a ton of sales support um, and marketing support. And then what happens when someone grabs a, your beer for the very first time and it's been sitting on the shelves for five months? because no one understands or has any associations with the brand yet. Um, so liftoff, I think, uh, and adding new territories is like a really big challenge. Um, and we just have, we've chosen to grow our roots really deep and not wide. That's kind of our main focus. 
Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's a, it's a, it's like a flooded market anyway. So, um, like you said, there's great beer everywhere in this country. It's mm -hmm. not like you know, who knows? I, I can't. I grew up in, in Bend, Oregon, so it's very much a brewing town. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and when I was a kid there, it was like Deschutes Brewery was. I mean, that was the the shiznit. I mean, it was it was you know it, it was what Bend was known for. So like, um, uh, but now like you know. Uh, when I left this, when I left Ben, people were like, "Well, you can't get great beer anymore." I'm like, "What are you talking about? There's great beer everywhere. <laughs> like every town 100%. in America has got a brewery or breweries." So I live in Denver now. I mean, there's great beer everywhere. So um, that makes a lot of sense to me. About hey, we're gonna we're gonna keep our market Kentucky. And we're gonna we're gonna dominate. Yeah, this and honestly, when we go to big festivals, um, big events across the U.S., it's fun to tell that story because that puts a kind of crystallization in people's mind that if they come to go on the bourbon trail in Kentucky or yeah. they're coming to Louisville for the Kentucky Derby or they're in Tennessee and they're driving through, um, they think about, Oh wow. I remember talking to that person who is this committed brewery. That's just like Kentucky's brewery. Um, so that's a part of our story. And what, I mean, why would we not want to continue to support that? And I mean, we do that through tap rooms too. So like really right. unique experiences that, geographically like within the state that you can experience our beer perfect perfect mm -hmm. um oh it's great uh makes a lot of sense to me thanks for uh sharing that um let's let's talk about your story can you share sure. how you got it uh because i know a lot of listeners would be like because let's admit you're in a cool industry <laughs> like yes like, we're not all <laughs> not all marketers work in a cool industry you know we just kind of navigate to where we can make money and you know try to make the best of it <laughs> but you're in a cool yeah. industry so can you just share your background, how you got into uh, your position um, uh -huh. within the brewing industry? Yeah. Um, so I have been with West Sixth since kind of the beginning. Um, I guess my story before West Sixth, um, I, uh, my dad's a videographer, um, production uh, videographer. Um, so I've always been on sets um, with cameras, um, kind of in that space. Um, so that was probably my first connective foray into marketing was actually photography, um, videography, and understanding the development of visual assets. Um, my dad started a production company in Kentucky uh, with a guy named Tom Hammond. Um, he's also a very big sports announcer, sportscaster. Um, and uh, I just remember seeing a lot of this stuff and seeing kind of the dynamics behind visual and copy and the story you're telling. Um, and I think that was a little subliminal for me uh, growing up and just kind of being around a lot of people in the video uh, photography film industry, um, but also in the production industry, um, which I think is a lot of what marketing is too. Um, so that was there. Um, I went to school for philosophy actually, uh, mm -hmm. which in a way uh, I think is pretty integral to my uh, thoughts on marketing um, and understanding how your audience works, how humans work, how uh, things can be manipulative in both good and bad ways. Um, so that was kind of my college path, uh, still photography, still art. I, I started teaching myself graphics at a pretty young age, uh, vector graphics. Um, so I had a lot of like little things and I'm, I'm the kind of person that if you give me a task or you give me a job or you ask me to do something, I'm gonna figure out how to do it or fake it till I make it. Um, right. And uh, honestly, I got an internship at a marketing firm here in town, a really pretty big one. Um, it was unpaid. Uh, 
which I think that marketing internships are generally still unpaid uh, in the industry. Uh, We've had I episodes found, just about that topic. <laughs> I mean, it is. It actually makes me feel crazy that. Yeah, that I'll send you a. Thing. I'll send you a link to uh, one episode we went. Uh, me and my co-host, we went really deep into it. Um, and candidly, some about of the it. content I made, I still see. I still see it, like the yeah. photos I've taken, um, or edited, or like built, built like a ad set together um i'm like i think i was on the team that started that um even though i was the unpaid intern um sidetracking so when i had that uh internship at this really prestigious firm i was pumped i was very excited to have it um and they're great people there too uh i needed cash so i started bartending at the newest brewery in town uh and i just biked over and i was like i want a job here uh and i just kind of snuck myself in and pretty soon after, um, you know, I was saying the founders like take photos with their phones of like printed out pieces of paper and then cropping it to make like advertisements um, and not taking product photos with like their phone. And I was like, you know, my camera's in my bag. I can like shoot this really fast for you. Um, so I weaseled my way in a pretty early state. And I think the first uh, touch point for me in marketing specifically for the beer industry was with events. Hmm. Um, I think events are such a crucial marketing arm that I think a lot of folks maybe don't realize sometimes. Um, it's not just to make extra money or to get your name out there. Um, when you connect people with the product itself uh, and a human connection in a unique experience that someone is automatically opting into, right? They're coming to an event. They are choosing to go to this festival. They're choosing to go to some sort of thing that's put on by the city, you already have captured them. So why not capitalize on that? Um, so events were kind of the first thing I really kind of um, cut my teeth on in the beer, beer world. Um, and then it kind of went from there. I started managing our brand concepts, um, new package products were getting ready to be released and they were turning to me and saying, what do you think this can should look like? And I was like, this is my dream. Like I love pulling together <laughs> problem solving design and also a, a translation of essence of, of what you're trying to create. Um, how do you translate it? How do you make it recognizable? How do you not overcomplicate things, but make things feel unique? Very cool. Um, a couple things I want, I would like to, to talk further. So, um, events makes a lot of sense to me. So like, um, can you give us some examples of sure. like events, uh, that, would be i mean for one like just my spin on it is like when, when someone goes to an event whatever it is uh a beer for me is like i can make this experience either a lot better or, or even just a little bit better if i'm already having a good experience beer always makes my experience a little bit better right so i always Absolutely. look forward to having a beer at whatever event i'm at so it really makes sense to me that events is a kind of a key initiative marketing initiative can you kind of give some examples of what you what type of events you guys did or do yeah i i think too a lot of times it can be very quickly brushed off as transactional right someone's coming to get a beer and they're in a line they're going to get a beer and you're always going to have those audience members but there is always going to be a target of people um that are primed and ready to receive information um and that takes key folks like actual staff it takes good visuals um what makes a better experience when you can see the beers from, you know, the 10 people that are in front of you, you can see the ABVs or you can see the styles or those color associations that remind you of the can. Like there's so many ways that you can enhance someone's experience, a transactional experience. Um, 
but I think the first few that we did outside of like the standard in beverage industry um, tastings, I, I, you know, everyone does those as far as like mm-hmm. going to liquor barn or um, that's what they're called in Kentucky um, <laughs> uh, or a, a C store, uh, like a gas station or something like that. Um, or, um, you know, Kroger's, that kind of thing, grocery. Um, outside of that, I think the next level is on-premise. So mm-hmm. you're actually selling your product on-premise where it's already being sold um, and it's not being sold by you, um, but you're inserting yourself uh, to enhance your brand um, that someone else is already selling. Um, and a great way to do that is just being a good community partner. And I think that was one of the first things we did. We were already trying to invest ourselves in the community and like our local kind of Kentucky area, but it like actually amplifying the voices of not us selling our beer, other people selling our beer saying, what sounds fun to you guys? Um, and they're like, Oh, well, we're great friends with the Cincinnati zoo. This is like yeah. a bar in Northern Kentucky. And we're like, Oh, that sounds fun. They're like, we could call our friend and he could bring some penguins and some zoo animals. Can you guys work with that? It's like, okay. Then it's like, okay, you've got connection here, connection here. Beer can bring all of that stuff together. Um, beverages, I think, can bring all of that stuff together. Um, so manifesting events and things that are, I guess, maybe already happening or your beer is already being sold somewhere was kind of, I think, the first step. Very cool. Very cool. Like, um, I'm glad you brought up the zoo. Like, uh, I've, I think I've mentioned <laughs> I don't that. Know on why this. that? I, there's so many. I could have given you so many examples, but the no, zoo, I just popped in my head. I have a kindergartner, and we we've been. We he's <laughs> five, and uh, we've had a subscription or like a an annual pass to the zoo since he was three, and like I've been to the Denver Zoo like uh, a thousand times. But for me to get up and and look forward to the zoo, it's like, all right, I'm going to have my first beer. I know exactly where I'm going to have my first beer. I know exactly where I'm going to have my second beer. And if it's really slow, like we're moving moving really slow, uh, I know I'm going to have my third beer. And it helps me get through the zoo. And it actually makes the zoo like going, okay, this is my day drinking excuse. My wife's all on board. (laughs) If you went to your favorite restaurant and there were zoo animals there and you could bring your kids to interact with the animals while you're having a couple draft beers and your favorite breweries there and they're passing out sh- stuff for you right. to take home and talking to you about how they came up with the beer ideas. That's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> I love it. I love it. It makes, makes it so much fun. Um, I've always been fascinated by can design. Like um, I, I remember it was every brewing company was doing bottles forever. Right. And then, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, I remember I was in Portland, Oregon. It's like 2009 or something like that. And uh, I went to a, like a, a, a beer festival. It was just a canned beer festival. I'm like, what the hell is this? And then from then on, I started to realize, well, like, wow, all these all my favorite brewing companies are starting to do cans. And I'm like, cans? I thought, well, you know, like bottles is like, know, we're always told it's like better. It's supposed to taste better that way. So cans what's the deal with so, cans? So and then... Of- why is the design just out of bounds when it comes to beer design? I can't think of any other industry that is so creative when it comes to designing beer cans. Yeah. I mean, I'll answer that question first with like okay. just a quick blurb. I think um, creativity uh, blooms with restriction. Um, mm. I, it really does. Um, when you're restricted to space, um, not only your actual flat space, 2D right. space, but 3D space, right? If you're on your shelf, you know, you've only got about this much room. If you're thinking about your face, can face, um, this is discovery and this is discovery, right? Ah. Um, 
I always remind people like beer label design is not flat. It is three dimensional. You right. have to think about the face. I've, I've seen actually some really beautiful illustrative cans, um, but sometimes you don't know where the face is. Um, and maybe the intention is it doesn't matter, uh, which is totally fine. But if you're taking product shots and you're submitting things to stores um, to get your product, you have to have a face, right? You have to have what is your, what does your can look like? Um, and I think that's so important. Um, but cans are superior, far superior to bottles. Um, I remember giving tours in like 2012, uh, <laughs> telling people, it, like honestly, like having arguments with some people on tours about how cans are so much better for craft beer. They mm. let in no light no air um they're lighter so they're better on the planet not only from a you know aluminum is infinitely recyclable and pretty much any city even small towns have some sort of access to aluminum recycling whereas glass for example that is pretty tumultuous as far as glass recycling goes and then you thought start talking about like weight weight distribution so shipping an entire truckload of bottles not even filled with liquid yet is going to be so much heavier than an entire truckload of empty aluminum cans. I can pull a whole skid of aluminum cans by myself. Um, I can, they're so lightweight. Um, right. So you start thinking about gas costs, shipping costs across the country, the production of those things. Um, but light and air are the two most detrimental things to liquid product, for, especially for craft beer. I mean, I challenge you, next time you go to a brewery, take your beer, take a sip of it, go sit outside, set the beer in the sun and don't touch it for five minutes and then take a drink and see what right. happens. Um, it's going to smell different. It's going to taste different. Like light struck or light striking on the actual chemical components of the product itself are going to change the way it tastes. Um, and now that like clear bottles, Corona, I mean, don't stuff the lime in there, pull the lime out and give it a, give it a whip. <laughs> if it's not been stored properly, it's going to taste, it's going to smell like cardboard. Um, sure. Um, but yeah, I just remember convincing people we were the first can. I mean, when we, we decided to put our flagship beer, when we opened our doors in aluminum cans, people were like, cans, what, what are they doing? <laughs> I mean, candidly, we worked with Oscar blues for a long time. When they came up with the Crowler machine, we were one of the three trial breweries, um, in the U S I believe it was like three or five, um, because there really weren't very many like craft breweries in the u.s that were packaging you know full freight like actual printed cans like this is you're drinking a shrink wrap can i think the porter is a printed can so there's actual ink on the aluminum yeah. itself right um there weren't very many of us um they had a an event called burning can back in the day um i don't know if you've heard of that uh and uh they started that event and you know we were we were one of the first breweries to ever attend their very first can exclusive uh, craft beer event so wow so yeah. you guys were part of that revolution that's really interesting um and i never thought of i guess the lighting situation makes perfect sense to me right like like uh, not just beer but any type of alcohol you want to keep it out of the light so that makes perfect sense and that's why i guess in the glass world in the bottle world that's why they have brown bottles to limit light exposure right exactly exactly so it can completely just goes what why not just completely eliminate not limit this that makes a lot of sense um, any, what's the tip biggest challenges in, um, growing a brewery or, or growing a, a brand in, in the brewing industry? 
We talk about a flooded industry. I know that's got to be one competitiveness, but uh, what are other challenges you have? I mean, I think it's a communication challenge. Um, you know, we, we used to say early on that the product would stand up for itself um, mm -hmm. outside of the packaging, right? My, my job is, is mainly packaging um, and just understanding um, more specifically um, how something is developed from tank to can to final product. Um, but I think it's the communication of that after a long, long term um, being around for, you know, almost oh, a little over 10 years. It's communicating not only that the product is still great and still consistent, which I think is one of the most challenging things in craft beer. I think it's one of the most challenging things in any sort of um, beverage industry is consistency uh, because like flavor memories are really important part of marketing. Like when someone, let's say you came to Essex eight years ago and you had a Wessex IPA and you come back, you know, five years later and taste it, um, it should taste the same. And I think those things are, tr are big triggers in marketing and you can't communicate that so explicitly. Like I can't make a post or a reel on how specific, specifically consistent that we are um, and how we work so hard. And that's not sexy, like consistency on doing lab work, um, People, people don't want that. They want the flashy stuff. Um, so balancing that communication with, okay, innovation, new uh, visuals, all of those things um, with the actual product itself, um, I think is really hard. I think it continues to be a challenge as we get older as a brand. Excellent, excellent. Okay, um, we're going to do one more question, and then we'll uh, kind of start to wrap it up. Um, so we, every segment, um, we have a... Well, first, we have a big audience that are emerging marketers uh, that listen to us because we try to do tips cool. and how to explain how people get, how they get hired and so forth. So the question for you is pretty simple because you do have a very interesting, you're in an interesting market, right? So, or very, I don't know, I would say we would all like to, most people would like to work in your type of market. I think it's, too, I think too, it's always <laughs> changing, but yeah. it's, there's so many things that I think fundamentally like create success. Um, and it's hard, it's hard to compete with mm. very flashy, flash in the pan new things that you probably, like you as a marketer can sniff out and say, that's really cool, um, but there's no sustainability in keeping that alive. Um, that is literally just eating the trends, um, right. digesting them, coming up with something and then moving on. Um, so yeah, I think that's that's the dodgy part about, about beverage. Um, yeah, it's never gonna sense. go away. Right. It's super consistent. I think the history of it is also very important. Um, you know. Yeah. Makes sense. So what, what advice would you give someone who would like to start? Let's, let's first make it general to like to start a career in the brewing industry. So any type of career in the brewing industry, what advice would you give them? I think the biggest thing for me, um, and I've talked to actually some folks before who've been like college students, um, young, younger folks who are just interested in learning more is to actually just dive into the product itself. Um, I think you can impress somebody with general curiosity, um, like, and also intentional curiosity, like, what is this about asking people in different spaces? I mean, honestly, bartending was probably the biggest fundamental experience I had with understanding our customer. 
I was able to not only communicate, I can communicate to our bar staff now because I've done it before, but I'm able to actually translate what those folks are thinking, doing um, into our product. Um, I understand what they're saying a little bit more. I'm not necessarily observing them from social media, um, the audience from social media. I'm you know, observing them face to face. You know, I always tell, I tell people outside of marketing, I'm like, if you, if you've ever been, had the opportunity to work in service industry, if you ever get the opportunity to work in service industry, you should do it. Um, Because even if it's not for the product that you want to market, actually being able to talk to people about what do they want? What do they Mm -hmm. like? What is exciting to them? What do they dislike? What turns them off? I mean, you could use those tools in marketing any product, um, but specifically in craft beer and craft beverage, people are opinionated, uh, very right. opinionated. <laughs> so finding a way to connect to those customers and then having that curiosity, whereas like it could be asking someone who's actually brewing beer or going to your local brewery and saying like, how'd you guys get started? Or what's, what's the thing that's most exciting to you? You know? Right. Makes sense. All right. So I uh, really appreciate it. Um, is it uh, west6brewing.com? Is that the... Uh, yeah, or it's west6.com. West west I'm sorry, west6.com. Um, so uh, do you have anything else you want to wrap up and talk about the brand, about West 6 Brewing? Any event, Anything cool coming up? Or just, hey, um, when you're in Kentucky... Grab yourself hey, a West Six. <laughs> you already you already wrapped it back around. That, that's awesome. Um, thank you. Uh, Perfect. I think that's what I would say is you know if you're ever thinking about coming to the state of Kentucky, which is a beautiful state, and there's there's lots to, lots to do, um, lots to see. Um, come have a West Six. Um, we'll be at GABF. So you're in Colorado. Are you going to be there? You going to be at the yeah. American Beer Festival? Yeah. Or near or around. Yep. Um, we'll have a crew of folks up there. Um, RB will be there at Paired, the food event, um, and also on the festival floor. Um, so that'll be really fun. Um, I think, too, you know, we are always expanding in the state of Kentucky. So that's like a really fun thing. Um, if you're ever in our state, you should come to our farm. Uh, 125 acres of trails and mountain biking and disc golf and sitting around in an Adirondack chair, enjoying a beer. Um, it's 10 minutes from Buffalo Trace. So you can okay. go stand in line, um, grab your bottle, get some Weller. Um, beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I normally say we're going to chug our beer, but there's no way I could chug a porter. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, you <laughs> so should just... enjoy your hop static, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you very much, everybody. And we're signing off. Thanks. Thank you so much. <laughs>